0: increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their
1: insights. This is STRonomics. The podcast is brought to you by MarketMySTR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with MarketMySTR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, MarketMySTR has got you covered. Elevate your short rental business with Mark and my STR.
0: Hey, while well, Kenny's head bobbing over there like the uh, night at the Roxbury. Welcome to STRonomics, or as my wife calls it, Stronomics. I haven't said Stronomics. You know what? I mentioned Stronomics the other day, Kenny, to somebody on a phone call. They're like, that kind of flows better.
2: Maybe we need to start calling it
0: Stronomics. Str- stronomics, brought to you
2: by Bria Faith. It almost sounds like, yeah, it almost sounds it's like astronomy. I it in college called Econometrics. It, it, yeah, it, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's, that's, <laughs>
0: that's, that's 99.9% of us doesn't know anything
2: about that shit. Anyway, that's, yeah, we got like PTSD for that class, which is insane. Right, anyway, so yeah.
0: let's get right to it. Let's talk about revenue management rankings. You brought something up, and as we were preparing to launch here, your, what, you're trying to get your audio fixed for like 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm trying to blame Chris. I mean, holy smokes.
2: Give <laughs> that um, man a raise. Yeah. Hey, anyway. pipe
0: down. Pipe down, he makes money. Okay, yeah.
2: Um,
0: you mentioned something, and I, and I hear this probably more than most, that if I get to the top of page one on Airbnb, if I get in the top two, I'm gonna make more money. You and I both know that is not necessarily true, and, but revenue management executed correctly and pricing strategy is a huge part of rankings. And rankings is a huge part of revenue management. Let's
2: unpack that. I'm going to let you lead in. Yeah. So it is true that typically there is a correlation to the higher you rank, the more money you can make. But that's a caveat, can Because it's not necessarily true that the higher you rank, the more money you will make. So for example, if I give in to Brian Chesky and his little jabs at hosts in terms of telling them to like, drop your, you know, get, drop your cleaning fee. You drop know? your drawers or drop your cleaning? Yeah, fee? both, both drop your drawers and your cleaning fee and charge a dollar a night. Airbnb is going to love you and they're going to make you rise to the top. They're going to, but, but you're not going to make any money. <laughs>
0: so. Well, I mean, even if you're priced competitively and you don't do that and you're, listing sucks. You're, you know, you don't have proximity. You don't have amenities. You don't have great photos. You, an average two bedroom in a sea of four bedrooms that are fully, fully loaded with amenities and, and, you know, Andrew Keller type photos, you can have the lowest price, but there's also a conversion rate conversion opportunity that has to happen. Right. So, and I think that's something that, people have a tremendous misnomer with, like you said, that if I just get to number one or number two or the first page, I'm going to make more money. There's a combination of things that have to happen, right? Just like with any other business, any other website, there's nothing different. just want to make this clear to everybody. There's nothing different with Airbnb and Verbo or any of the OTAs in ranking your website than the same thing that we've been doing with Google, you know, for the last 20, gosh, I guess, 25 years now. And the goal is to get to the top page, but the secondary goal is conversion rate. And if you don't convert, it's not Airbnb's fault. It's not Verbo's fault. It's your fault. And that's because your property, for whatever, whatever reason, could be overpriced, can be underpriced. There is a thing to be underpriced, too, depending on who your buyer persona is. A huge component of being underpriced. It may not look right. It may not, it may have the, the wrong color scheme. It could have the wrong furniture. It could be the wrong location. It could be a million things. But Kenny, most people default to the platform. People try to run Facebook ads. They say it doesn't work. People try to rank on, they get to the top of Airbnb and I'm still getting screwed. You're not getting screwed. You just got a chip on your shoulder. Something's wrong with your listing. It's just, it's like people that are, that say that, you know, there's this Airbnb bus thing. I'm not, I haven't felt it. I haven't felt it anywhere. And I think that the properties that are are ranked high, the properties that are revenue managed appropriately, if I was still charging summer 22 rates or summer 2021 rates. Right now in December of 23, I would feel it. But it's the correlation of getting the best rankings possible, having the highest conversion rate possible. That means you really have to optimize your listing, not for rankings, but for conversion, and then managing your revenue. So even if you have the best super property in the market, and, you know, Kenny, remember two weeks ago when you did the Sea Haven property that co-hosts two doors down on your Instagram from Dragonfly, my number one producing property, they they literally have those same open floor four lots in front of us. Um, the only difference is they're a five bedroom and I'm a six bedroom. From like a view standpoint, a location standpoint, they have a pool, we have a pool. The the other differences are I have more amenities and I have newer construction and design and better design, better furnishings, you know, better photos. We just took care of that because we had Andrew Keller literally last two days shoot both of those. But there's still those distinctions. That property is going to do like 240. You know, my property is going to do right around maybe just under 300,000 or was 357 the year before. And one bedroom isn't that Delta it's they're ranked very high for mm. the occupancy of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, which is critical for them. Uh, but they just don't have the, what's the word that I'm looking for the superness or the cachet or, you know, all of the conversion things combined to take full advantage.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're kind of new to this and you're trying to understand you're listening and you're new to this and you're trying to understand what you need to focus on. So I I think there's some, there's some key terms and takeaways here that we're talking about. So there's ranking there's bookings like getting actual bookings. There's the conversion. So I'd, I'd probably put that in between the, you know, between rankings and bookings. So rankings, conversion, bookings, and then there's revenue. Obviously, we want revenue as kind of the end result and we want to maximize the revenue. But in order to maximize the revenue, Bill, it sounds like what you're saying is that the most important thing we can focus on isn't necessarily having a high rank or trying to get as many bookings as possible, but it's trying to maximize our conversions, right?
0: 100%.
2: And so- And I mean, there's a lot of things that stack into that, right? So I
0: use the term value stacking a lot. And you know, you know, you talk about, doing the enemy method and then selecting the you know the the amenities that you know the get the your competitors have or don't have you t- you look at the quality of design then you look at the quality of photos and if i just take those three things amenities design quality those two things dramatically impact photo quality and photo quality dramatically impacts design and i want to make this a bundle here when i'm saying photo quality i'm not just talking about the quality of the image i'm not just talking having the best photographer come in, even though that's super important. It's what goes into those images, right? Like we just, we, we just had an Andrew come down and, and shoot two of our Gulf Shores properties and Bria flew down there two days ahead of time and took the, the two master suites and our beachfront property and Dragonfly, our tier two property and dropped in new murals. We had no murals. We had painted accent walls, but because we're spending the money for Andrew to come down, we wanted to take advantage of that, right? So I put it, I got new bikes, I updated some other amenities. I dropped in two murals at about a thousand bucks to pop her and her mom went down on a little mini vacay. They installed them, didn't have to pay somebody to do it. Once again, building one of these, a super property, is about doing it on a budget so I can get a return on investment. I'm not gonna pay somebody another thousand bucks you know, to come install them when they can fly on points for free, stay at the house for free, and she can take her mother you know, on her own dime to go down there to spend some time with her daughter to do it, right? So literally that was a $2,000 investment. And I had no idea what Bria was putting in, Kenny, and when I saw the photos that she took when it was done and then what Andrew did, it completely transcended you know, those bedrooms. And because they were the master suite, this is what I'm leading up to, that's 99% of the time, that's where the bookers stand in each of those properties, right? So that's the other thing, the intention of where you're investing your dollars To put that into the booker and not spread it out everywhere, especially if you have a small budget, is super important. So like the OBX stuff that I'm doing right now in the Outer Banks, televisions, fireplaces, upgraded tiles, shower, all the way to the ceiling. Just in the master suites, that's not going in bunk rooms. That's not going in bedroom four and five. It's going into like the three en suite king bedrooms where the people that are paying $35,000 a week in the summer, and they're probably gonna split it, you know, like twelve five each, they're getting those amenities. I can save in the bunk room. Like the bunk room in one of these 400,000-hour remodels, Kenny, we didn't touch anything, mm-hmm. except for flooring, which we redid throughout the house. No paint, didn't need new bunks, nothing else. Why go spend five or $6,000? It was already good enough. And I think that's something, you don't have to be ranked number one to be able to command top rate, right? You don't have to be the lowest price to be able to move to number one. Sometimes enough is enough. It's good enough. You don't have to be the best. You just need to be in like that 90th percentile for multiple things. Conversion rate, pricing, design, photos, to be able to get that
2: maximize occupancy, maximize conversion, and maximize ADR. Right. So I, I kind of break this down and summarize it into three pieces when I'm looking at a listing. They kind of go into three or three categories. So the first one, as you mentioned, is pricing. So making sure you're competitively priced when you need to be priced. So what I mean by that is in the summertime, especially in my properties up north in the northeast, where you know summertime is our main market or even beach markets too. It's very similar. We're gonna be I'm gonna be aggressive on my price being higher, right? I don't necessarily look at my competition in the summertime, because most of the competitors, they're priced way too low and they get, they get picked up there. Some of them are already picked up. And I'm like, there are people who aren't even planning their vacations yet. You know, Go, go know to the
0: local Facebook thing. groups, go to Poconos, yeah. go to Gatlinburg, go to Gulf Shores, wherever. And you'll see, Hey, how are bookings? And you'll see, see people come in. I'm already a hundred percent booked for the summer. What? You, you're yeah. a fucking idiot because really I'm the guy that has like, less than 3% booked in my entire portfolio from Memorial Day to Labor Day, that's when I pound my chest because that means I'm priced accordingly and they're 35 to 40% higher than the maximum rate. That kind of, that's the other, from the revenue management side, Kenny, I mean, I think we probably need to talk about more of this and, you know, in an ongoing basis, but you're one of the first people as a non-revenue manager, you know, as a data analyst to really Really try to verbalize the the importance of market lead time, and I think that's something that that's a benchmark that these people, as hosts and their own personal revenue managers, really need to understand. And literally, like, take your wife's red lipstick if you're a man, and write 72 days as your average lead time on the mirror so you see it every single morning. Because every single decision as an SEO and a revenue manager, which I'm both, and I have to combine those to be a really good host, revolves around that number. Every yeah. decision, every single thing. And it's funny, one of the best revenue managers in the industry, well, I've got three of the best in the industry that are gonna be at the SDR Wealth Conference. John On, Emil Sakal, and Tom Lyle from uh, Casago. And every one of them focuses 100% around lead time, right? And Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's not enough people in our industry, Kenny, that self-manage that really understand that. So that, and that ties in as one of those key KPIs that they have to really pay attention to.
2: And the more that people understand it, the more, (laughs) like the more that hosts understand booking lead time, the more money that everybody will make. I can't, like, it drives me insane when I look at prices of my competitors and they're just like flatlined or like barely up on the weekends, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I use dynamic pricing. I'm like, that's not dynamic pricing. It's not based on demand as in the lead time. And I think that, and there's a a high correlation. And this is why like me as a data analyst is even talking about it because there is a high correlation to proper revenue management and maximizing your revenue. Because when I look at properties that are performing well, then I'm like, what makes them perform well? And I'm looking at their listing, I'm looking at their pricing, I'm looking at everything and I'm like, wow, they have really good pricing when they need to have it. And then they have really optimized listings. That's the second thing, too, for conversion. Uh, like you mentioned, pictures, copy descriptions, things like that. And then the last piece are the amenities. They have the right amenities that attract the right guest avatar. we talked about that in other podcasts, too. But those are like kind of the three categories. And it's all correlated. And every market's different in terms of like, and timing too, you know, of when, when you do certain things or emphasize, like, for example, certain amenities are seasonal, like hot tubs. So I'm, I'm really like getting all my bookings, every single person is mentioning the hot tub. Whereas in the summertime, not a soul mentions the hot tub because that's not why they're there. Sure. They, they might use it, but it's super hot outside. So it's more about proximity. I don't know. Evan duplessis might've debunked that in Memphis, putting in a hot tub in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was easy. So
0: well, it's when you, said, Kenny. I did a, a reel an hour ago, right at sunset. I'm here in my house in Montana, and I walked outside and kind of what you talked about. I showed them that I have a barrel sauna. You know how many barrel saunas there are in Whitefish, Montana? One. One, one barrel that sauna surprise me, and it's on my deck. And that's no, oh, not one other. Just no barrels. That's sauna. mine. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. it. That's those are the unicorns that we want to try to find, right? And that will help with conversion. That's not going to help my rankings. It's probably not even going to help my ADR, but it will help my conversion if I market it
2: correctly. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, and I think that so conversion... So Bill, let me ask you this. When, you're t- when you talk conversion, because now everyone listening, especially people with their first listings, are going to hear this and go, okay, Bill and Kenny are talking about conversion, less so on the ranking side. What's your best way to track conversion? Do you use what's in Airbnb? You, you, you can't like, what you, you can use unfortunately. Um,
0: I mean, you could track conversions on your direct booking site, but you can't track it in Airbnb. And it's 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 really challenging. Gary Vaynerchuk said this probably the best eleven years ago, and he said marketers ruin everything because we have to track everything, right? And there's a lot of stuff today. When I owned a marketing agency, we had to track to prove our own worth to the customer today. Yeah. I can look at my own stuff and say, you know what? A lot of it for me is just brand. So there's a reason when I'm running buy, sell, trade group strategy that I include Airbnb, Verbo, and direct booking link. A marketing agency would never do that because they have to track the direct booking revenue to correlate to the investment with that marketing agency. I know that people that are savvy enough when they when I can use Airbnb and Verbo as a trust agent, right? And then let them know, hey, book direct and save X, that people, if they trust, will go to X. But without using Airbnb and Verbo in that cold traffic, the first time that they see my listing, very few people are gonna book with us direct, especially if they've had any type of a negative experience previously. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. I don't wanna get too far in the weeds here, because it's really about marketing and uh, psychology, but anybody that has had a negative experience brings that baggage forward. You can have mm-hmm. the best property. You can be the best host. You can have 5,132 five-star reviews in a row and every just glowing everything. But if if Kenny has baggage that he's bringing with him from a negative stay, that's going to carry over to your listing. And I think people don't understand that we still in our copywriting in our images and in our marketing have to get over those same objections, the negative objections that people have. I'm sure you see it up in the Northeast because I think this is really prevalent on the East Coast in traditional legacy markets like where I'm at in Banner Elk in the Western North Carolina, old school place, right? It's not Nuva Reach yet. And I get probably maybe seven to 10 questions a year. Do you guys supply linens? And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Me? Who does do that? Yeah. Isn't it totally 80s and 70s stuff? No. There's still places in this country that people don't supply lemons. They don't even supply the property manager, you know, starter kit. There's no toilet paper. I just got into my lake property, you know, down in Alabama. And I'm blown away by that. That creates opportunity. The other place that I just want to kind of transition into, and I'm going to give you the stage here. It's the reason I I went into Western North Carolina. I'm buying another place, and I've had three there as opposed to Gatlinburg. You and I talked about this, it's probably a year ago in a podcast, about part of your underwriting process should be looking at the overall rating of a market. And Mm -hmm. if you look at the competitive 38s and the competitive Gatlinburgs, right? Go to Gulf Shores, go to Banner Elk, (laughs) you know, go from Gulf Shores to Fort Morgan. It's easier to compete there. You know, a a $25,000 game room in Western North Carolina, you stand out, whether it's Asheville, Banner Elk, Boone, whatever. $25,000 $25,000 game room in a four or five, six bedroom in the Smokies is not even up to par. You're like in the 40th percentile. You know, you gotta have the skee-ball, the $5,000 skee-ball games and the driving Sega games that are 40,000, whatever. You know, the indoor, the mod pool in the basement, or, you know, Peyton put a mod pool on top of a one bedroom on the top floor, you know, with views. It's on a $500,000 property. Yeah, it that goes on in those markets is crazy. That impacts your investment. That it's going to impact your rankings. That's going to impact your pricing capabilities unless you compete or level up. So it really starts before you have a listing and the market analysis. And
2: when you are making decisions of what markets you're going to enter. Right. I would say too, like I, a lot of people look at those Airbnb dashboards at the conversions and clicks and they try to they get caught up into that we've even seen some tools pop up that try to use that to say oh you need to you know improve generic things that we kind of already know like oh get professional photos or drop your pricing or whatever but i think conversion can change depending on the season and that's okay so for me personally i judge my conversion based off of the the experience i've had in these markets meaning like like i, I like I, I can look at my calendar for the month and the know the season and go, should I be booked right now for these empty dates that are coming up? How do I feel I did year over year, You know, season over season, things like that, and getting a feel for that? And if the answer is, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, then it doesn't matter how many people clicked on my property and didn't book it today. You know what I mean? Like it, that doesn't matter. And that's actually like probably a good thing because I, I'm probably priced appropriately you know or if i'm booked wait i've had that happen to i'm booked way too far in advance in buffalo and i'm like look our booking lead time is only 3 weeks out i'm booked for the next 2 months like my prices are my conversion rates really high it's like oh this is great everyone clicking is booking but why are they clicking and booking like a- answering that question like really studying that out or on the other hand trying to figure out there are people who are clicking and looking at my listing my ranking is higher i can see you know on the dashboard that people are clicking but no one's booking why aren't they and it's going to come down once again it all funnels down to the three categories of is it my pricing is it my listing like my pictures description, and so on or am i missing some key amenities that drive revenue for my or attract uh the my guest avatar So those are the things that we're constantly evaluating. And for me personally, I've seen that I'm playing chess with these people, my competitors, right? Like everyone around, like Watkins Glen. I had a goal this year. I'm going to level up. I'm going to level up. And the next year I'm leveling up again. Well, I'm already doing it. I'm putting in a theater room and you can track that progress and all the destruction and crap that's going on in that. (laughs) It's the budget just keeps climbing because there's so much wrong in the room, but uh, I'm I'm leveling up to stay ahead of my competition, and it's it's a constant game, but it's just going to keep improving my conversions. And I love what you said, Bill, about this barrel sauna. It's not necessarily about the ADR, because there is some sort of artificial revenue ceiling. We might not have theoretically reached that. We don't know really what it is. No one truly knows what the revenue ceiling is, but it does exist. So you can't just say, I'm going to the moon, I'm Dogecoin right like it's there there is some ceiling dogecoin did hit some ceiling and it came back down again and what we want to do is get up to that ceiling and stay there in order to stay there we have to continue to improve upon and that's you know what kind of separates the wheat from the tears and and it's or like the people who are going to excel and the people who are going to you know get left behind in this industry and quit uh which we're starting to see so anyway great if you have a 10 percent conversion rate your pricing's too low. Yeah, that's a good question. I think <laughs> from a good revenue process. management
0: standpoint, people try to stay static with their competition and they do that if they really don't understand revenue management and they're a, they're a price conscious buyer themselves. And the one thing that I'll share with you guys is I can't give you numbers, but the best revenue managers maximize their peak dates, their prime dates, those are compression events, those are holidays, those are when kids are out of school. Those are travel days. Those are major sporting events, Super Bowls, concerts, Taylor Swift, summer, all that type of stuff. And then they are very, very competitive to slightly underpriced for the slow season, because you really need occupancy during the slow season. The days of being able to, when I was telling you to max out your pricing year round has been gone for about 18 months. You can't max out pricing in January and February at the beach anymore. You know, you have to be competitive. I have, I have properties right now that are in peak, just coming into peak season, Kenny, that are like $1,600 to $1,900 a night on the weekends. And they're 400 to 550 Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to gain that occupancy. Because if I don't do that, I could be leaving $1,500, $2,000 a week on the table, right, by not trying to play the occupancy game, which we didn't even talk about in 20, 21, 22. But now the game is different. So all you haters out there come back, well, Bill, you used to tell me to, you know, raise my price by 5% after every booking and be 30, 40%. Yeah, that was like 18 months, two years ago. We have to change our pricing strategies, our revenue management strategies, which will and, and our ranking strategies with the ebb and flow of, of our markets, our seasons, and really what happens with demand. That's why I don't know how anybody... Nobody's going to be any good at revenue management if you're not getting like market reports, You know, whether you're using key data, price labs, market reports, wheelhouse, whatever that is. Um, if you're not doing that, you're really just doing a set it and forget it strategy, and that's not what we're talking about. If you talk to any good revenue manager, uh, they're spending significant time. So don't believe the BS on social media anymore that, oh, I spend two hours a week on my 15, 50 properties. Um, then you're really not doing it the right way. It's impossible unless you're paying somebody
1: you know, to do right. it
0: for you. I agree. It's awesome. Good. Great episode, Kenny. Yeah. You this thing. Hey, uh, by the way, just so everybody knows, I don't know when this is going to come out. It's probably next week. By the time you watch this, I will be the build STR wealth mastermind, ugly sweater champion. Just saying. And our Christmas party that's coming up on Sunday. So Kenny, <laughs> have- don't even believe it. Don't
2: even try. You, you have no idea what's coming. <laughs>
0: Uh, I see Chris's big spot. Chris, is anybody going to be able to compete with my ugly sweater? I might have to fucking
2: default you before well, we leaving. Ugly sweaters fight. are like popularity contests. Yeah. So it's it oh, kind You're of really literally, literally trying to backtrack a little bit. I'm right not now. backtracking anything. I'm just telling you, you got to know Kenny, the room. What, what, it's it's one of the, of the ugliest tent, sweater buddy. you think. Top of the 10th. I'm it's 3 2. Manny
0: Ramirez is on the mound. You're David Ortiz. You're, are you going to swing and win up? Or are you going oh, yarn over the
2: monster? Oh, I'm, I've got it. I, I, I'm, bring, I'm bringing the heat. <laughs> All right. I can't wait to see it.
0: Yeah.
2: Thanks for joining us, everybody. We
0: will update you on the Ugly Sweater Contest on the next episode. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today.